0: Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. Uh, I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and today I've got a repeat guest that I am very, very excited to bring to you because the first time I had these guys on, it was just totally different. The Dirty Birds, which is the restaurant we're going to be talking about today, it was just a concept. It was a pop-up. Now it is a thriving restaurant that just has Omaha so excited. It's growing like crazy. So we've got Moses Mosley, Dan Whalen, and Mike West here to talk about Dirty Birds. Guys, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us.
0: All right, just as a start, real quick, because we've got so many different voices, just to help the audience kind of familiarize with everyone's voice, would you guys mind just introducing yourselves real quick? Just kind of, just say, I'm I'm Dan Hoffman. Just say your name.
2: I'm Dan Whalen. (laughs) I'm Moses Mosley. Not Midwest Mike.
0: Midwest Mike, there it is. All right, so let's just open it up. I mean, kind of, you know, like I talked about, you guys were on the podcast five or six months ago, and at, at that point you were still working at Kitchen Table. Um, you'd done some pop-ups where you kind of released your your fried chicken to the world. It got great reception. And then you opened a restaurant in, in uh, I think it was January 2nd, right? That yeah. was That was mm-hmm. the first day. And it has just blown up since it's exploded on social media. You guys have been on TV, you've been in magazines. So let's just start here. What's it like to run one of the most talked about restaurants in Omaha?
2: It's wild. Didn't expect this at all, for sure. Grateful for everything and all the response that we've gotten from everyone. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And it's fun.
3: It's a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Like we don't have time <laughs> to do anything else but this. And you know, we're really happy for it. Just, we got we're the only ones with something to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every day. <laughs>
1: Hanging out with Oma homies.
3: Oma homies. Well, that's the thing. Like, I wanted to
0: bring you guys back onto the show so bad because I. this is a story that I wanted to tell, but I was looking at Dirty Bird's schedule. You guys are open every day of the week. You're basically open from, like, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., and then even on the weekends, you're open till midnight. You guys are just go, go, go all the time. You just, I mean... Just that schedule alone shows the passion that you have for this thing, right?
3: Yeah, that's correct. That's very true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's great. I mean, I, I don't think we'd have any other way, really. It's so much control on our part. It's, uh, again, like you said, we released this product during a few pop-ups, and we were very passionate about it. And that passion is translated to, you know, wa- us wanting to be there every day, all the time. Like, we love it. It's a great place. It's, I mean, especially where we're at, it's going to get much better.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So just for anyone who's listening to this, if you haven't been to Dirty Birds, it's located inside the Switch uh, Beer and Food Hall in in the Blackstone District. Um, and what, what you guys are famous for is the pickle fried chicken, which someone might hear that, and I think the first time you, know, you, you hear the, the word pickle and it's just kind of like, oh, that's kind of odd. But you guys brine it in pickle juice, so it kind of like – Brings in a saltiness, but it doesn't taste pickly at all. Can you kind of tell me about that process and and how you came up with it? Yeah,
3: give him the spiel, Dan. Give him yeah. the front yeah. of house G- Give me like, the spiel. It's like, it's like, Yo, guys, uh,
2: everything starts with our pickles here. And so we uh, reserve the pickling liquid after we uh, let's see, use our pickles, and then we use that pickling liquid to brine our chicken. It's a two day process. We don't compromise that. So like sometimes we do run out, but we've dialed everything in we don't run out of chicken anymore um yeah it all starts with our pickles
0: is that what keeps the chicken so moist on the inside while the skin gets crispy on the outside
2: absolutely like you said it doesn't taste overly pickly it just becomes a well-seasoned piece of meat it's juicier more tender and just kind of elevates it the whole dish
0: now something that really surprised me when i've talked to you guys previously is you said you actually don't salt your chicken when it comes out of the fryer and like that's something that I've noticed, you know, just from, from talking to other people who work in restaurants or watching TV shows, you know, re- reading about fried chicken is everything. They always say as soon as something comes out of the fryer, you salt it, whether it's fries, whether it's chicken, whatever it is. But you guys don't do that because the pickle brine kind of injects that saltiness. Can Can you kind of tell me a little bit more about the science behind that?
1: Have we amended that? Yeah, we definitely have. We, we hit every single piece of chicken with salt and pepper. Yeah yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. We had we had to play with the recipe a little bit. We were losing a lot of oil, so we actually had to play with our breading somewhat. And we had to change a few things. And, again, it's just always a maturation process. And uh, it, we don't, like, yeah, I don't know how to say it. We, we've changed our develop process a little bit. just developed within ourselves. So we do hit it with salt. But, again, it's all – that's, like, the last part we're worried about. It's the pickling process, the – the breading, and the fr- we've changed our fry oil temps since we've been doing this. We've changed a few things just to maximize our product, get that the best piece of meat out on the table. Uh, and one thing is too, we've we've developed even a new cut for our chicken sandwiches. Like I, we talked about, our six piece cut up as far as our whole birds, just to maintain this because we we get different birds than most people. We and we cut it in a six piece rather than an eight piece like normally people get. And that was the first development of our our chicken but now we've gone as far as even our chicken thighs our breakdown process has completely changed and again it's to get a quick product out the moistest piece of meat possible and just consistency across the board because I think that's where we've grown now we've gotten to where it was like a really good product but now it's so much that we're selling so often we've had consistency is what we're focusing on right now so yeah I I love that because
0: you guys didn't just settle on one process of doing it and say, okay, this is how we're doing it. This is our, this is it. We're not changing anything. You had to adapt. Can you tell me a little bit more about that process? Like, how did you, how did you come to that learning that, Hey, there are some things we need to adjust.
3: So yeah, yeah, this is a good one. Uh, so when you're learning in the restaurants, you know, and you're learning about purveyors and you're learning about different, uh, routes of buying stuff, you know, at first, we were going to one place. You know, we were just doing smaller quantity. Then we go going to another place. And then, you know, oh, that place dried up. We had to go somewhere else. So that in itself, just developing a pattern of buying and, you know, sourcing chicken, has in itself been a crazy experience. And so we've had to, you know, we, we wanted a very consistent product. So, like, again, now we get our thighs from place X. And so we were getting those, and we were finding, you know, okay, well, these aren't the same ones we started with. They've got to be manipulated somewhat or we're finding a little bit of waste here. And that's, we're a very fluid company, which is great. We, everything we do, you know, we're not straying a hold to any moniker. Nobody tells us like, Hey, Hey, corporate's telling you to do this. No, Uh so we can do whatever we want. And with our backgrounds, we're able to, you know, change on the fly, do stuff on the fly, especially with our tour backgrounds. Like here's this box of chicken, go nuts, you know, figure it out. And that's kind of what we've been doing. And now I feel like we've got it to where, our systems are in place. Cause that's the hardest part, man. That's what I don't tell you to like. Try and just to get that chicken in the house. Like you are popular, dude. cool. Now you are out of chicken, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's been
1: wild. Yeah. It's like oh, there was a power outage in Texas, no chicken. Right. Now, now for whatever reason, halal chicken farms are going out or shrinking in size. It's it's wild, but, but Moses is like constantly pushing the tempo in the kitchen on like every piece of food every item on that menu gets touched and revised if not daily like every other week so it's it's wild
0: so you know we talked about you guys are busy because you're 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 open all the time there's yeah. not there's not a lot of free time and it's not like you know you guys are a very busy restaurant people are there very frequently I assume there's not a lot of dead time during the day when are these adjustments being made? <laughs> like, when are you when are you talking about these things? When are you developing these new processes? Right. I, I would hate to say on the fly, but I would say
1: on the, <laughs> say on as, the fly, fly. as soon yeah. as something runs out, it's like, oh, yeah. I don't like how these hush puppies shagged in this oil. I'm going to touch the ratio of butter or sugar or take that out completely. or And, like, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I mean, we, we have standards. We definitely have standards. We've been doing this long enough to have standards. And goals and it's not like you, we're just
1: throwing them out there. Right. We right. know
3: what we're looking for. So I mean, you know, on the fly sometimes you gotta manipulate the, and again from our background, I think that's I think that really ties into what we used to do. Just trying to figure out and that's that's Mike. He this is one of my dudes that I don't know if I even told you that. He was on tour with me for years. Oh nice. Yeah, so that's that's where it comes into the, the background of that, like on the fly, figuring out and then Dan has this background of very stable procedural and That's why we get so consistent, and so this this amalgamation just really makes it possible. And again, on the fly, sometimes I would hate to say it on the fly, but it's on the fly. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Right. This
2: is kind of the three headed monster I always tell. Yeah, or talk about to other people. And this is the brainchild right here.
3: Yeah, and you know, and uh, I guess it is a disadvantage being open all the damn time, but. It's also somewhat of an advantage. Now, uh, that product is in my face all day. Yeah. I have a chance to study it, look at it, get to know it, be friends with it. We know what
1: customers say about it. Yeah. We know we, who's been in for what repeatedly. And, and we listen to them.
3: Yeah. We listen to our customers and our uh, our, our fans. <laughs> we, li- we, we listen to them. We definitely heart about you guys, too, when yeah. you're there. That
1: is real.
0: Now, speaking of making adjustments, <laughs> and you kind of mentioned this earlier, Dan, is There was such a rush, especially when you guys first opened, and those sandwiches and the chicken started hitting social media, and people were just flooding you guys. That yeah, there were a couple days when you guys ran out, which for the record, completely understandable for a restaurant. Like you have a you have a supply when it runs out, like people can't be upset about it. it. It just is what it is. But how did you guys make that adjustment? That oh oh shoot, you know we're selling out at time X. We need to make sure that we have enough product to keep this thing going throughout the day
2: yeah it comes down to scheduling knowing what day of the week it is and planning for that looking towards the weekend and upping your quantities like we started out our first day we made our own bread for the sandwiches (laughs) found out quickly that that was not going to be a real thing (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, we had to source those just trying to not compromise anything and Make sure everyone enjoys what we're serving.
3: Yeah, and the acquisition of more space has really helped us too. Because yeah. we, you know, hundred square feet. Yeah, hundred square feet. We got a little bit bigger, and just that little bit bigger gives us process, you know, to where we can hold more stuff. Because that was our biggest downfall was just like one cool. fryer. Yeah, we, roll them off. Yeah, we can go buy ten cases of chicken, but where are we putting it? You know, like all right. So, and what's cool too is like you know when you start out, especially like doing pop ups, having really fine touch, really cool stuff. You know, you're on this tier like, buying chicken and finding chicken and sourcing chicken. And slowly and steadily, we've, we've climbed up this tier, and now we're, like, going to battle with some of the bigger chicken restaurants. And now we're trying to get the same purveyor of these really big chicken restaurants. And we're little guys. We're like, nah, they don't need it. They don't need it that bad. And so, you know, we're playing this game. We're getting on this next tier of, like, trying to source these materials, like, and then, you know, try to step in the arena with the big boys sometimes. So, yeah, we definitely we, we definitely see that. You know, at first, again, you know, it's cool, like, we can source these few really cool things. Not a big deal. You know, nobody's going to really – we're not going to be in anybody's uh, peripherals. Like, they're not going to worry about us. You know, I'm just waiting for like, one of the big boys to throw a tweet our way and just be like, these guys suck. Like, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Popeyes. I really appreciate you saying that. You know, like, <laughs> we're going to get that chicken. It's yeah, gonna yeah. Take
0: we're we're going to take their chicken. Out of chicken again. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. I love the attitude. I love the passion. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to the very beginning of Dirty Birds. So, like, my introduction to it was actually last September 11th, uh, 2020. You guys did the dandelion pop-up. You had the, the pickle fried chicken, and mm-hmm. I, I still remember biting into that for the first time. I was like, damn, this is, th- this is something different than I've experienced, but I want to go back even before that. When was the first time that you guys, and obviously, I'm sure the recipes changed a ton and everything, but when was the first time you guys served fried chicken to someone and, like, it started to be, you know, kind of a concept in your mind. Like, this could be a pop-up. I don't even know if restaurant was on your radar at all, but when when was that first time?
3: Man, I'd probably have to go back to way
1: back when we did the Crown pop-up. Remember that? Dude, Moses was talking about, we would come in, in town for uh, rehearsals for Trans-Siberian Orchestra and Moses and Dan would just be chatting about it over everything else. Like, we're going to do, we'd be hanging out at Rosencrown and
3: yeah, You'd just be going
1: on one. Yeah, we do the little fried chicken parties in my
3: house. I was staying at the time. I'd invite like all the people from the two restaurants we were working. Like you know, just fried chicken. Come on over. We're gonna get down to fried chicken. And that that initial spark. Actually, we we did a pop up at the Rosen Crown. Not I don't know if y'all are familiar, but it's you know it's the Rosen Crown.
1: Well, what uh, is the Rosen Crown? Uh, uh, it's not a familiar. tree in the back. Everybody sits in a circle around and holds hands and sings goodbye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a dirty bar at
3: all, but uh. It's it's cool. It's we we know a lot of people there. And they gave us an the opportunity. They said, Yeah, no go nuts. They didn't even there was no like stipulations or charge. It was like, nah, you guys wanna do it real quick, go for it. And uh I'm not gonna say it was the best pop up, but it was fun. Like we, we we got all of our friends to draw bags for us, these yeah. custom bags for, to give out chicken wings and uh we did kettle chips. That was what, our that was the first what one. What was the flavor?
2: Fruit loops. Yeah. Yeah, Fruit Loops, <laughs> kettle <laughs> chips. Yeah. And uh yeah, what we did, we did some chicken wings. We were smoking them in the back of uh, yeah. someone's apartment complex. Just, yeah. like, had a hotel pan with some foil, poked some holes, yeah. lit some chips on fire. And it, it was great. It, it was so well
3: hard. perceived. It was so much fun. And I guess we kind of put it in our back pocket after that. You know, I, I started touring more and going back and forth with the kitchen table and tour. And this guy, Dan, was really getting, like, moved up the, the ladder at kitchen table, as you could say. So he was really just focusing on that. And we kind of put it in our back pocket But it's something we always talked about and we always wanted to. And, you know, 2020 was a crazy year. Eventually, you can only do so much fishing. So we were getting a little bored. (laughs) We were like, let's try this fried chicken thing out.
0: Yeah, so just to catch people up, Moses and Dan, you guys were uh, both cooks at Kitchen Table. And Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were in Kansas City, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you know you guys said this this idea had kind of been germinating you did a couple pop-ups at right. dandy line you've been doing pop-ups for years like it was starting to kind of bubble up more but at what point did you guys sit down and be like
3: we're gonna we need to we need to actually do this i could i could actually tell you the exact point we were a night after uh our favorite place page turners and we were sitting out in front of our apartment complex and we were just kind of talking, and it's something we always want to do. You know, we always talked about it, but we gave ourselves a, a deadline. And that's one of our things we always say it's deadlines, not goals. Like, you know, if it's been brought to the table, it's a, it's a deadline at this point, not a goal. So we, me and him, me and Dan, we're just talking. And at this point, Mike was still out on tour. He wasn't even, he didn't even join in the festivities at that point yet. But uh, we said we have six months to, to open something. Otherwise, we're just talking about it. And then we have to abandon it. Obviously, it's not fruitful if, we, if we're not doing it. And that's when it, something sparked and it just happened. That was, uh, I'd say that was right, right around November. Yeah.
2: yeah. Happened and quick. If we were, yeah. open January 2nd. Yeah. We, oh, my oh
0: gosh. No, everything no, came no, together yeah. in like December. a
3: month? It was that fast, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> it was like November. We were talking about it. We were like six months. Otherwise, we're scrapping it. And it's just talk. Obviously, people, you know, we're not going to do this. And then we were approached by, by Jay at the switch. And he was like, you guys want a spot? Yeah, we'll take a spot. And that's, I mean, we went all in on this. Like, when I say all in, all in, we didn't necessarily quit our jobs because, you know, those are our family over there. So we, we stepped away from Kitchen Table. We we took on no loans. We took on no financial anything from anybody just out of our pockets and credit cards and got so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why? What? When you say you got so lucky, what's so lucky? The cards were on the table, man. We, I mean – I tell everybody, I had negative $500 in my account day one. I was like, all right, over-leveraging myself a little bit here. Let's see what <laughs> happens. You know, with that said, all that money, we, we had all of our stuff. We had all of our equipment. We were ready to go. We were expecting, to, you know, all right, well, let's, let's make a couple bucks and we start paying off these credit card bills. And then day one happened. And we were like, oh, crap. This is wild. Well, just paid off those credit card bills. <laughs> Guess we got day two to worry about now. We have no food. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that you guys – you had that self-imposed deadline.
0: You put that yeah. pressure on yourself because it's so easy to have a dream and to always just say, "Yeah, we'll do that at some point." But you guys were like, "No, we're gonna we're gonna either do it in this time period, right. or we're not doing it at all." So let's make it happen. Um, I, th- there was a quote that I had from talking to you guys previously where you said that you were you were talking to Mike and you were trying to get him to to come up and join in this crazy dream. And you said, we brought a friend up from Kansas City, and we were like, uh, we might not be able to pay you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. just, like, what what was that conversation like? Yeah. How nervous were you guys opening this thing? I mean, I'm sure you were confident in it, but th- th- there had to
1: be huge nerves in it, too. I wasn't nervous at all. I was excited to just get back in the kitchen. Yeah. I hadn't been in the kitchen since July for, like, a month of work with American Ninja Warrior. But yeah. I, I would call this dude, and he'd be worried about paying me. I'm like, dude, I don't. It's all fine. I'm just good to come up and yeah. hang out for a bit. There was a few frantic calls where it's like, dude, maybe 500 bucks. Like my appeal, maybe <laughs> it's like you
3: stay for a week. You know, I kept trying to reassure him. I was like, dude, it's fine. Like, yeah, you're gonna make the money. This is <laughs> yeah, this this thing's
1: gonna bang off. I came up and I looked at prep, and I was like, you guys don't have enough prep for the first day. <laughs> it's gonna be really busy. <laughs> I, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't there for the first day i was at kitchen table which was super awesome i love hanging out at a kitchen table and i can't believe colin let, let me in that kitchen by myself yeah
0: <laughs> yeah he did so i actually i wanted to take that to take an opportunity to do that anyway i think now is a great point to do so is i want to give some love to kitchen table because i know hey, that's, yeah. that's a place mm-hmm. you guys are really passionate about I love that place. I love Jess and Colin. They're they're fantastic yes. people. How did they help you throughout this process and really set you up for success?
2: Yeah. To start, like, to touch on that, we didn't have enough space to really work. So, like, I, I would be going down there um, Friday nights or Mondays when they were closed just to break down chickens because we needed them for the next day, and these guys would hold it down with an, another front-of-house person and – they would just knock it out, and I'd just have the biggest faith of, like, I know these guys are going to kill it, you know. So, like, I could walk away for a second and just knowing that we, we needed the product for tomorrow. And, like, kitchen table provided a spot for us to do that. And we're still working. I see them, like, at least once a week because we use their bread for one of our products and one of their main ingredients over there. We uh, Always sourcing with them and working with them. It's really cool that they they can be a part of this journey for us or with us.
3: Yeah, and something we never talked about, especially when we were talking about them, like uh, you know, they taught us a lot of the food industry, like the the, the hands on what, what you got to do with you know product, wh- how you got to manipulate it, how you hold it. I mean, you know, just n- normal stuff in a restaurant. But really, what Dude. happened after the pop up was the business savvy yeah. they gave us, and it was like real payroll, insurances, Doesn't, stuff stuff that you just want to like you know, not the fun part. Mm-hmm. You just always want to worry about the fun part, but there's a lot of stuff like, oh crap, we need that right, and, and then this kind that. of lawyer, like, yeah, this uh, this kind of lawyer, this kind of everything, and that's what they helped us this with. Who you go through for time. payroll, like, this yeah. who can help you? Oh man, so that was really that was clutch. That helped us a lot, and you know, different hiring processes and stuff we should look for and stuff we should watch out for, and that was that was big on them. Mm-hmm. So
0: now I'm not going to ask you to detail every part of the ramping up process. Cause that we'd probably be here for hours, but <laughs> there's a massive difference between being cooks and then owning your own place. Like yeah. th- th- the things that you mentioned are just a fraction of all the responsibilities that you guys had to take care of, in- right. including, I mean, even just one simple thing, ordering your own food yeah, and making yeah, sure yeah. that you have enough. Like in addition to what Jess and Colin helped you with, how did you guys ramp up your knowledge to get to the point where you were ready to open a restaurant.
2: Yeah, I had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. <laughs> yeah. I think tour catering kind of helped with that a lot. It helped
1: yeah. a lot, yeah. It's, it it, it really
3: helped us learning how to shuffle products. Yeah, that's you know? true. So that it was big. Fix. But a lot of it was just, you know, here's the fire, boys. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: that was that was a big part of it. Like, go for it. Uh,
3: yeah.
2: I've definitely leaned on these guys a ton because they, they have that experience for sure. and I had... <laughs> um,
0: so how you say the tour <laughs> catering helps so much how
3: yeah just the shuffle the everyday shuffle of like learning pro, you know
1: where to get products from exactly i mean like when when you're out every every day you're in a new city typically and some days you there's not a restaurant depot or a sam's club or a costco in this location you got to figure out who the purveyor is like what's good in that region yeah. so it just kind of a lot of on-the-fly work
3: a lot of like you know again putting it back on the fly uh, and I would say one big thing about Especially Openers was, was the structure of us three had to change drastically. Dan yeah. takes care of almost 90% of all of our paperwork, payroll, oh, yeah. our legalities, our, just the, the stuff, you know, the really bulk and meat of it. And that He's, was, at the beginning, that was not the case.
1: He like, still breaks down all the chicken. Yeah. We're talking like 200 pounds of chicken at kitchen table when he was yeah, yeah. it down.
3: <laughs> like, that's wild. So we had to take on these new roles, you know, like, uh. Me in the kitchen, I didn't, my role didn't change very much, (laughs) but, you know, we had to learn these different avenues, like, where we, where we fit best, you know, putting Mike, Midwest Mike in the front of house and really charging the room, like, making this electric energy, that was part of it big time, especially at the beginning, Uh, just finding ourselves where we fit, you know, it was all on the fly, so... That, that's a common theme that we keep coming back to is on the fly,
0: adaptability, yeah. whether it's talking about the food itself, whether it's talking about your processes, whether right. it's talking about your roles. How important is that for for not even just you guys, but any new restaurant to come in and not just say, this is what it is, but to have that open mind and be like, we might have to change some stuff. This yeah. might not be exactly what we planned,
3: but this is what has to have, this is what has to happen to make this thing work. Right. Uh, that's the, the fluidity of it of, and us, you know, like we, we don't get hurt feelings when it's like, no, this isn't working. Like you got to change, we got to change and we're open to what we're open to suggestion. We're open, you know, our, our customers make us who we are. And fortunately where we work in the kind of restaurant we are, we literally face to face, whether you're the cook, whether you're yeah. the front of the house, we see everybody and we see them a lot. Now we see them repeat times and that's huge for us. I mean, it, again, we keep that fluidity we always will too because it's ever changing markets ever changing especially with everything going on we have to be adaptable and i think that's you know it's adapt to live so that's us in a nutshell i'd say mm-hmm.
0: now i know you guys we talked about that self-imposed deadline and you yeah. wanted you wanted to have something open within 6 months but was there any was there any thought i shouldn't say was there any obviously there was but like what was the talk surrounding like should we open a restaurant during a pandemic? Like, is this is this something that we should do? What was that discussion like? I, I
3: think, just, yeah. yeah. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. I think that was Pull pretty the quick. Trigger. Yeah, I think that was a pretty quick discussion. I think we were like, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's do it. Uh, there was a lot of fear involved. We were wondering, you know, because we didn't know how the scope of, like, what was going to happen, especially in Blackstone and, are people going to be out? Are people going to be going? We've seen a lot of restaurants open and close and bars open and close just because of a lot of the clientele, you know, won't follow some rules or whatnot. And uh, we we just went for it. We said, you know, you, you can't, you can't quell a dream even with a pandemic. So we were like, it's our dream, dude. Like we have this opportunity. We have to go for it. Mm-hmm. I think that was most of the conversation. It was probably easier than that. It was probably like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs>
0: yeah. They were pretty <laughs> It's like a two sentence conversation. Yeah. Do yeah. you want to do this? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, let's let's do it. yeah. all right. Yeah. At least
1: confident that you were doing it for sure. Right. Right. Go.
0: So you mentioned that you were approached by uh the owner of the switch to to come in yeah. and, and and operate from there. How did you know that that was the right place for you to start this thing? Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think we
3: did know. Yeah, I don't think you know. Yeah, I yeah. think we, especially when we've. It was crazy. We, we toured it like two times, or we went in there two or three times. And this happened so fast. Like, we didn't even know, we couldn't even find the Switch when we first. Like we, yeah, we kept getting taken to the wrong spot. We were like, where is this place? Finally, we found it. We looked at it, and uh, it was already a pre existing base. Somebody was already working out of it, but they had already decided they were going to leave. So we didn't, we looked at it from afar. We were like, yeah, it looks all right. It got, it got to a fryer. I, I think we'll make it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we just kind of looked at it. And then it was January 1st. That was really the day where it was like moving our stuff and going stuff like, oh no, we have no room. Where are our plates at? We have too much of this, not enough of this. And uh, yeah, that was, that was that was wild. I think January first was definitely like, oh crap, we're doing this.
2: Mm-hmm. An oh no moment. Oh no. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so so how do you move from
0: oh no to being prepared to open the very next day?
3: No sleep whatsoever, yeah, st- <laughs> staying up the entire night making bread and brining chicken and making biscuits. I mean, we, yeah, we didn't sleep that night, I don't think.
2: No, or the next, like, three, week, yeah, three weeks. That was probably the hardest
3: part, It was learning <laughs> to pop up to the restaurant game. The first night, we had this amazing opening day. Day gets over, and we're like, oh, man, it's midnight. We got to make more stuff. <laughs> we're we're so screwed.
1: <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Staying up till two thirty, that's how we kept up with that 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 push. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably the first
3: three weeks. It was just like two hours of sleep a night, all this kind of changing changing times coming in, someone's doing this, someone's doing that. It was pretty wild. Omaha really showed up. Yeah, yeah. they showed up. Big time. Time. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now with so many there are obviously a lot of different dining options in Omaha. Mm-hmm. W- what do you think? made you guys stick? Because it it exploded right away. Like, as soon as you guys opened, it was on social media. It it was all over the place. Like, people, Dirty Birds was there. What do you think made you guys stand out in such a crowded crowd?
1: Ten toes down.
3: Ten toes down. I was just literally about to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been, it's me and Dan, especially in the city, ten toes down. We've been in this industry, in the city, in that part of town years now. So, we know we've been. We've eaten at all your restaurants. We've been blackout drunk at all your bars. <laughs> hung out with all the chefs, like, on a nightly basis for years, ten toes down, we always say. So we had this organic growth right off the beginning. Like, people were just so excited for us and, like, proud of us. And so that spawned even a little bit, a bigger circle, you know, like, I got to go check these guys out. You know, hey, Auntie, you want to come with me? You know, hey, hey bro, you want to come with me? These are my friends down here. And that was, that was the, probably the biggest part. And because of that, our friends, our circle – the people we know, it just started to leach out into their circles and so forth. And I think that's really where we grabbed people's attention. Because day one, we didn't have a Facebook. We didn't have
1: <laughs> a phone number. We didn't have <laughs> – nobody
3: really knew. It was just kind of organically through our, our circle. And that, We always say, you know, 10 tails down. That's, we've been in, in the trenches with all the chefs around here. I'll, and a lot of our clientele are a lot of chefs and cooks from
1: all over the different restaurants in the city. Yeah, any time I'd come in town for work – these guys would – we'd be hanging out, and these guys are working with the best in the industry, it seemed like, yeah. whether it was, like, a server, a bartender, a chef, or a restaurant owner. Yeah, like yeah. We, we made it a point, too, to know them and get to know them. All so. good people, too. Yeah. Like, amazing people. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So we, we touched on this a little
0: bit earlier, but I want to go back to that first day and, like, when – I it's weird to say when the doors open for the first time because you guys are in a food hall. So, like, you're right. not physically opening the doors to your restaurant. But when the restaurant opens for the first time and the, like, customers start coming in, like, wh- just take me through that day. What was that like for you?
3: Nerve-wracking.
2: Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Head was spinning for sure.
3: Yeah, we were definitely confident in our abilities, but it's always just like, this is new. This is brand new. Like, we don't know. Like where, where, where are we gonna find the holes? Because we're gonna find them today, and we found them—that's for sure. Uh, but that was it. It was just—we were very confident, but at the same time, just like this, this, this new baby. Let's see what happens.
2: Yeah, to think of how the flow of the restaurant has changed since we oh, started—we've yeah. moved so many processes around and kind of refined what we're trying to do, and push out product and streamline everything. It's crazy to see the growth of all. Yeah.
0: What's the more most important change you had to make? Employees, oh, I
2: would yeah, say, yeah, yeah employees. staffing up for sure. Staffing that helps. That's something we're so proud of
3: too. Like we're very, very proud. We've hired what five employees now? They're oh all wow! Friends. Yeah, and they're they're I friends. Think we they're got, got seven. seven. Seven, sorry, seven. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. 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 Got to come to the paperwork guy to, <laughs> exactly, to exactly. get the numbers. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> and a lot of our, our friends, again, that 10 toe rule. We, I mean, there's a lot of people we worked with in the past, worked with, or knew of other places. And we, we, we seeked them out. Like, we weren't just waiting for people to come. And we we're like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> what have you been up to? And we just kept poking them. What are you doing? What are you doing? Come on, come on. And uh, it's cool. And, you know, uh, we're, uh, it's not only do we hire people, we, we, Pay $15 an hour, man. We wholeheartedly believe in that. And we're kind of trying to get ahead of the curve. You know, I love saying that out loud. Like, we take care of our peoples. And they're excited. They have accountability. They have responsibility at the restaurant. And they, you know, we're we're all about it. We couldn't talk about it, not be about it. So,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, it just creates a culture of, like, oh, you, you are a big part of this. Right. Like, this should mean that much more to you. Give them ownership. Yeah. yeah absolutely, oh, yeah. Totally.
0: Uh, now I apologize for my ignorance, but th- this might be a very popular phrase. I've just never heard it before. Ten toes down. What does that
3: mean? Ten toes down. Grounded. We're grounded. You know, gotcha. my feet are touching the ground. I've, I'm in this. So yeah, just completely grounded in said industry or said area, and that, that was us, man. We never left. We, we weren't chefs, and being like, ah, I'm going to go work at Marshall's for a couple of weeks, you know, switching jobs. I'm going to go. <laughs> I love yeah. that Marshall's, that's yeah, the first yeah. place it's, you <laughs> went. I know, uh, yeah. <laughs> if it's a day off, it's <laughs> Marshall's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Ross. You know, uh, we, we never, yeah, we, none of us ever lost that ambition to be in the kitchen, because that does happen, man. You get burnt out. Like, it's it's easy. I, I, in the past, not so much in Omaha, actually, but in the past in the different cities I lived in, I've seen a lot of turnover, like, you know, you, you work at this great restaurant, you're loving it, and then you're just like, I am never working in a restaurant again. <laughs> like you get that a lot, but uh, I've never had a job outside of what I'm doing, like restaurant wise and stuff. So I've always been in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Now well, I I know that part of it comes from love, and there's just a there's a yeah. sp- there's a special thing that just comes from working in a kitchen. I I think it takes a, a special type of person to do it, but e- even looking at that with the hours that you guys work, and you're mention, mentioning you know especially in the early going you're sleeping two hours a night you're right. staying up till 2 30 you're you're going down and breaking down kitchen or chickens excuse me at kitchen table how do you prevent burnout when you're working those insane hours and there, every time you feed a customer there are three more join the line before you get a chance to even get more chicken out how do you prevent burnout in that situation
1: and i think we were lucky yeah. i, I think, wish
0: i
3: knew to be honest hanging uh, out, think out with you, each you other mentioned
2: it just kind of love you know, yeah. it's like leaning on each other. Yeah.
1: yeah. Homies. Love. It's it that Forrest Gump thing. It was like super humbling. Yeah. Like you put your
3: back on mine. We don't sleep in the mud. Watch the <laughs> city show out there, too. <laughs> yeah, <God> damn, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you put your back on mine, I'll put mine on yours. And we let us sleep in the mud. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we just got to prop each other up. It's It's the only way to do it. I wish I knew how to prevent the burnout. It gets a little snippy sometimes. The funny
1: thing is, when we started to get tired, there was a night where, where we were out there just, like, complaining to each other, like, softly. And then Moses brought that the quote up from <laughs> Portis. <laughs> <laughs> we were all like, yes.
0: <laughs> so, obviously, you guys are really well-known for fried chicken. That That's kind of your calling card. But that's not the only thing on the menu. Uh, you've got uh, the buttermilk biscuits, which, obviously, that – Yep. That, that's your recipe. You had that on the menu at Kitchen Table. That, yep. that's, that's a calling card. But you've also got the blue corn hush puppies. You've got pickled tofu. You've got uh, the achiote grilled chicken. As you were kind of conceptualizing what the restaurant would look like, and you're like, okay, we got to do a little bit more than just fried chicken. How did you develop the menu?
3: I guess I experienced a lot, really. I mean, that came a lot from experience. That tofu we've been developing for a long time over at Kitchen Table. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, we kept playing with it and playing with it. And they do uh, an amazing bon me with it, too, which is so fire. And uh, it is a traditional Burmese tofu. So it is a recipe that's already been around for a really long time. And it's just a matter of playing with it and adjusting it. And we wanted all of our menu items to just kind of piggyback off each other, like uh we didn't want any waste, no, none of that. And we also kind of thought of it as ourselves. Like, what if I had to eat here every day? Could I be satisfied with just eating fried chicken? Well, I might need something else. Let's get some grilled chicken in the mix. Let's get a little bit of tofu in the mix. We'll get a little bit of Hush Puppies. And again, t- going back to the fluidity thing, we've actually just recently started playing with our Hush puppy recipe. Like, it's a great product, but, you know, it could be better. And we always feel that. Sometimes it sucks that we always do that. We're like, it could be better, it could be better. But uh, it's something we're playing with right now, and it's – we're – Again, we're fluid, we're evolving. I think we've come up with something even tighter, which is really cool. But yeah, we thought about it as customers, you know, what could we eat here every day?
0: Well, I think what you just touched on right there, that might be kind of part of the answer to the burnout question. And that you yeah. guys aren't doing the same thing every day. You're constantly looking for ways point. to involve yeah. w- looking for ways to improve things. Yeah, if you were just same process time after time after time after time maybe it starts to feel a little bit more robotic. But as you're adjusting and right. you're looking for ways to improve, that kind of keeps the wheels turning and keeps it from just being, you know, uh, an assembly line, essentially. Right,
3: because we don't we don't want a mundane experience for anybody, including us, you know, because they'll perceive that very much so. Mm-hmm. so.
0: Something that really stuck out to me from our last conversation is you guys talked about the impact that working at Kitchen Table had on you, that everything was scratchy yes. made, from the bread to the – even, like, the ketchup and the mustard, like, everything is a part of it. And, you know, you mentioned you you tried to do that here, and there were, you know, some things just logistically. (laughs) You can't make all your own bread and everything. But, like, how did the work ethic that they instilled in you there, scratch-making everything, how does that impact you now?
3: Uh, You got to go ahead.
2: Yeah, I, I think it just feels natural to just make something from scratch as opposed to buying it. It's like. I know how to make this. Why Why shouldn't I just do it, you know? Um, but, yeah, the kitchen table definitely bred that in me. I don't forget the pun, but uh, – <laughs> I, got I it. didn't even just get got it, got it, but it but just, just got it. it. Uh, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, just really love what they do, and I, I love what we're doing right, right now, too.
3: And they they may have taught us, too – like, not may have, but they kind of taught us when you're scratch cooking – you have to have a fluidity about your cooking. You have to be able to evolve. You have to be able to change because every ingredient changes. So I think that came with it too and why we are fluid, why we do change stuff, why we don't ever settle. We always want it to be better. And that scratch cooking instills that in you. You, know, you, get to ch- you have to change with your environment. You know? And we learned that too, like different temperatures, different yeah. procedures. Like the biscuits didn't cook the same they did downtown. You know, it's, Everything's got to change. you got to figure out these little nuances and stuff. And you can only learn that through scratch kicking, cooking, you know.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And Thinking of recipes, more of guidelines. It's like we don't really necessarily have right. recipes for everything that we're making there. So like, you got to know how to make it taste good. The procedure is definitely more important. That's yeah. right.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Mike, you mentioned that you know uh when when these guys kind of talk to you about coming up and and working at Dirty Birds, you were very receptive to it. You were just like, "Yeah, let's go," but. What, what was like that first what were those first conversations like was there any hesitation on your part or when, when you heard the idea were you just all in right from the get-go
1: oh yeah man uh it it had been like a year and a half since I got to work with Moses really in a kitchen after like a solid year of pulling him away from kitchen table for tours so I was like I was like complaining to work with Moses but <laughs> uh, once once I got up here I was just like I, I was excited to get to work at, kitchen table under Colin, honestly, too, because, like, I mean, again, the scratch concept, like, that's, that's not something I was very familiar with, but, like, it's, it's definitely something as far as, like, taking and making it on on tour or something we do, so I was, I was pumped, I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't, I didn't know anything about the, the restaurant until, what, December, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I just came up to help with a couple pop-ups and cover shifts at kitchen table, and, cut the tip of my thumb off. <laughs> this, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that dude. was wild. At the end of the pop up, that was great. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs>
4: well,
0: Moses said you're kind of the showman and and clearly like Midwest Mike has kind of become a thing on on the oh, the, yeah. the Instagram account. How, how did that persona kind of come about?
1: Um I th- I think just going it them, them just letting me be me. Like, yeah, he I didn't was, change very much. I wasn't supposed <laughs> to. No. Change. I was I don't I I didn't think I would be here for more than two weeks, and then like day three I showed up to help out at the spot, and you guys were like, "Nah, dude, you're not going home." No, I was like, "Oh, ha ha ha," <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> you live, <laughs> going home. You live here now. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't I lived out of two duffel bags for like three and a half months, three months, but that that, that we're used to that on the road. That that's how much uh-huh. room I'd have to pack, anyways. Mm-hmm.
0: You guys have a, a standard menu uh, that operates pretty much every day, but you also run specials. I don't know if it's quite daily, but at least three or four times a week, I feel like you guys are, are putting something on Instagram that's a little bit different. How do you oh, com- yeah. how do you come up with those?
2: Chef Moses? Yeah, that's you know, right. I mean, part it's, of a, the
3: yeah, it's a little bit of necessity and a little bit of fun on our part. You know, there's some things like uh, you're, you're going to get some product that you didn't think you were going to have. So, you know, a chicken... We have chicken. Chicken everywhere. Chicken is everywhere, and sometimes you know I got to figure out something to go do with this chicken, and I want something you know again I, I want you to be able to eat there every day. So I got to come up with something a little different, a little more fun, and it keeps again like our mind turning and it keeps our wheels going. Like we don't, it can't be mundane all the time. We got to figure out something crazy, and uh, yeah, the specials just kind of come to us. It comes from our background too, like something we would want. Uh, we get approached a lot of times too by. That, that's the that's a big thing too we're finding out in the restaurant we're getting approached by all these different purveyors and different farmers which is really cool uh miller Dorman farm who are these really cool folks you know they come in they bring us some grits sell their products great. yeah mm. and so now we get to think we're like oh wow now we have we get to do some grits let's have fun uh that's really cool i like that a lot that's people are searching us out now to try to sell us stuff which is super cool
0: Yeah. That's got to just feel very rewarding. Like, Oh yeah. I I, I've even kind of felt that, you know, just on this podcast and at the beginning when I was doing it, like I had to really kind of reach out and kind of convince people, Hey, you, you got to come on and do like, trust me, it's going to be fun. And now like people are are reaching out to me and saying, Hey, are there any spots open? I'm assuming, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Like, now, instead, like people are excited to come to you and be like, hey, I've got this great product. You know, right. can you use it somehow?
3: What, what's that feeling like? Yeah, I gonna, real quick, though. Side note. In fact, every, when this guy came in and those people took a picture with him. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That,
1: dude. then then that guy who was like, yo, my, my daughter loves Lo- you. Yeah, I got to yeah, get yeah, a photo yeah. with you for bragging rights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> side note. Sorry, man. <laughs> sorry. Oh, just, good. I just remembered that. I was like, yeah, all right. Feeling like a rock star, man. Yeah, it's a responsibility definitely. though too it's like can i handle this like can i how much of this can i handle like yeah it's what, always it's, it's always, always very hard flattering. flattering for sure
3: yeah. Yeah, it's hard to buy outside the box you know when you're when you're very standard and doing everything it's hard to buy outside the box sometimes but uh again we want to keep our wheels moving and we love food just like everybody else so and with these purveyors like we're finding some really cool ones like ones that we really highly respect so that's fun that is it's just fun man it's so cool
0: and to be clear, everyone, what they were just referencing—the <laughs> last time I came into Dirty Birds, I interviewed these guys for a magazine story, yeah. and yeah, some, some some a very nice uh, a follower approached me and wanted to get his picture taken with me, which <laughs> that is not common. No, I thought that know, was that man. was a, that was a little weird, but whoever that was, I, I apologize. It was months ago. I I don't remember your name, but <laughs> <laughs> thanks for following. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know. That's <laughs> great. <yeah. laughs> um. Something that I that I love about Dirty Birds is you guys' social media accounts, and that so many social media accounts are like yeah. so buttoned up, so straight laced. They're so like you know very very professional. You guys just kind of let it all hang out. Absolutely. You let it fly. Hot you are summer. you are yourselves. You do not try and act like something you're not. Was there any strategy behind that? Or was it just like, if I'm going to run this, I want to make it my thing?
1: Moses doesn't have social media, so he doesn't care. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Social media, it's amazing. Yeah, there was no learning curve. (laughs) It was just like, wait, I get to do whatever I want? (laughs) All right, (laughs) let's go. Hey, man, this is how you edit a post. It's these three buttons, like the three (laughs) dots at the top. Yeah, all right, cool. (laughs) Yeah,
3: yeah, it's fun. I mean, I I don't carry my own social media and stuff like that. You know, I did when I was young. But uh, I, I just... Yeah, I don't do any of that. And then when we came up with it, somehow it ended in my hands. I don't know how it happened. We were talking about it. We're like, someone's got to run it. We all thought Mike was going to be the guy running it. Nah. But somehow it was up to me, and I was like, all right, let's go. Kind of like out of spite to these guys, like, well, I'm going to make this thing raunchy. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah.
1: Dude, this guy, this guy just could run your social media account while he fries chicken and runs the entire – kitchen that's usually uh, how it is <laughs> i get this four <laughs> like, minute break oh, hold on not even four minutes like yeah. a minute and a half all right you got to say it again you got to say it again go hug dan go hug dan <laughs> that, that one's fun i like that yeah that's good
0: um you guys are obviously very close uh, outside of the kitchen as well i don't know if this is still the case but when uh dan and moses when you guys came on last time you guys were roommates yeah um i, I don't know how that situation is now but kind of you know, you you talked about how it's great to work with friends, but how do you kind of balance having relationships inside and outside the restaurant, like taking things, you know, because obviously working in a kitchen can be a very tense environment, especially when you're very busy and everything. How do you make sure that those tense moments don't affect your personal relationships?
3: Well, I mean, yeah, like, like you said, last time we talked, we were living together and so, you know, we brought Mike up from Kansas City to help us work. So we decided, hey, live with us too. So now all yeah. three of us actually <laughs> live together.
1: Thank God you had an extra bedroom. So yeah, yeah. So now
3: all three of us live together. And my fiance as well. So it's a tight-packed yeah. house. Again, we're all friends. We love it. But I guess the biggest key is just talk like about it. don't leave things on the
1: table. Yeah. Just like, you got a problem, you know, bring it up. If it takes a couple couple minutes to wet it out, that's fine. But talk, talk about it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just we we don't let anything fall down the
3: cracks. Like, just get it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's over. It was yeah. fun.
1: Beer, yeah. Beers at the end of the day always help, too. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Also, you cannot embarrass Moses at all. No, it's hard. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Get out of here. It'll be fun for me. Come in, come in and here. try and embarrass Moses, please. Get out of here. <laughs> Just it wait until happen. wait
0: until some <laughs> random guy comes up to you and just wants your picture taken. That that's yeah, a, that a it. that's that, a way to get embarrassed. That might do it. That might do it. Trust me from personal experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, you guys started out kind of in that in the in the back bay of the switch. Mm-hmm. Now you've you've kind of moved forward. and You're kind of in really the prime spot, right in the middle of the switch. So clearly yeah. things are growing. Things are improving. Maybe there's not an answer to this because I think you guys, you know, you've made it very clear that you're constantly adjusting on the fly. But, like, what's next for Dirty Birds?
3: Yeah. Uh, we, we've had multiple discussions, and, like, we're definitely trying to fire, figure out the next avenue. But for right now, we want, we want to kind of make this this really big mark in Blackstone. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, with the of the opportunities afforded us, especially what we've been given, you know, we we don't take that for granted, especially from the switch and Jay, and I don't you know, uh, wait, I don't see us leaving that because it's really cool. Oh, it's, man. it's great. We love we it there. It's a it's so great many spot. It is so perfect. Thing. Like yeah, and you know, and again, we we're food lovers ourselves, and what's better than having three or four more restaurants <laughs> right in there with you, You know, and yeah. Richard at the Venezuelan place is one of our biggest homies. Like we love it. We love the pop up little V's over there right now. So it's cool, man. It's we love it. And I, I don't really know what's next. I got next. a little beef shirt on, by the Yeah, there you go. Nice. I'm, I'm not really sure. I don't think we know what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something like, you know, it's, again, a fluid discussion we're having. But uh, once, once that next thing does happen, we'll, we'll do what we did the first time, and it's a deadline. You know, there's no goal. Like, there's a deadline involved. Don't we're, say stagnant. <laughs> Just oh like yeah, nah, we can't do that. Yeah. Either.
1: Like we don't want to stay stagnant. We're that's how you start making mistakes. We're going to start
3: evolving thing. in within ourselves too. Like we're uh, we're getting a phone finally, so people can call us. All right,
1: Stones or Beatles? Yeah, that's the question. No reference. Yeah. Just
3: Stones, Stones or Beatles. Beatles? You might get blocked if you answer wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell all your friends. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but then we're going to you know online ordering might creep its way in. Uh, we we stuff we want to get done before Fourth of July. If we want you know we want everybody to have. A bucket of chicken next to their pool you know yeah so i think that's where our next evolution comes in is trying to reach out further uh from kind of where we're at and other than that you know we just keep it fluid like something comes across our laps you know we're gonna we're gonna jump at it yeah we're gonna attack (laughs) and we've had a lot of people come up to us too we've had a lot of people give us you know like the 411 on some different opportunities and we'd be doing a disservice to ourselves not to check them out but we've yet to find anything that's like what we have right now yeah. like who we're working with like we love those po- folks up there so and uh it's great man people can find us now as it turns out they put they put it on google maps <laughs> yeah you can
1: find us now who's in charge of this by the way who runs google maps that that picked us out yeah somehow we're, on, <laughs> somehow we're on somehow we're on there <laughs> i don't know how
0: that's how you know that you've made it once yeah. you're on the google maps thanks
1: gugu yeah thanks.
0: <laughs> all right i'll get you guys out of here on this question um Obviously, every new restaurant is not going to experience the success that you guys did, especially right out of the gate. But if you could each give one piece of advice to to someone like yourselves, who's had the dream of opening a restaurant, but, you know, isn't sure how to take that step, isn't sure if they should take that step, what's one piece of advice you'd give
2: to them? Yeah. Follow your dreams, I guess. Yeah. Um, stick with it. Don't sleep. <laughs> don't
3: sleep sleep, uh stay 10 toes down you know don't don't let up keep that circle keep those friends keep that you know what you did in the past is going to affect you know your future so as far as cooking so you know make sure you don't lose that about yourself like you go to be a restaurant owner there's a lot of paper that's going to be involved there's a lot of that and you can really get distracted from what you wanted to do in the beginning and that was to serve this incredible food so stay 10 toes down Get a calculator. Get an account.
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think like Moses said, ten toes down. But you know, learn from your mistakes. Like yep. you're learning from your mistakes is a positive thing. Like it teaches you everything you need to know. Like the is not staying stagnant. Like just keep going, keep going. Because I mean, work ethic is, is everything. Yeah, it's and
3: it's easy to plan for failure, but it's really hard to plan, plan for, for success. success. Yeah, it's really hard. Crazy. You know, that's definitely what we found. Like it's easy to fail. It's easy. And you're gonna learn, you're gonna get some good stuff out of it. But success is just something you may not be prepared for. Uh we we've learned that too on the fly. That could be the hardest part. Yeah. Like, like you asked, say, what do next, you know?
1: So what do next? What do next? What do now, <laughs> Chef?
2: Yeah. What do now? We
3: all right.
0: Well, I gotta let you guys out of here so you can go prep and, and make some fried chicken and make some people happy. But yeah, thank you so much mike and moses and dan for coming in and and giving me some more time today i i really appreciate it and everybody get out to dirty birds i mean there's there's a really good chance if you're listening to this that you've been or you've at least heard of it go again yes it's delicious it's amazing and you can try different stuff like the fried chicken is awesome the grilled chicken is tremendous as well like it's the tofu i've been told is very good so like you can go and try different things as well Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Y'all thank stay you. dirty now. Yeah, <laughs> stay dirty. <laughs> stay dirty. All right. As always, Omaha, thanks for eating with us.
4: A Media Production.